your mom is not, she's gone on to meet her reward, and so has my mother, and we miss them dearly. dearly. But for all of you that has moms, I trust that you say about the end time. I think it's important that we understand what's happening today. We just finished the book of Daniel and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that. And what we'd like to do is uh, look at the book of Revelation. Revelation reveals, first of all, uh, Christ's person. It reveals also his purpose, his people. It reveals his primary opponent. Well, that's going to be interesting. Uh, and then his prophesied triumph. So we're starting this Wednesday night. Brother Larry Smith is going to begin this study. You will enjoy that. Seven o'clock each Wednesday night. We're going to have a night of uh, Bible study and prayer fellowship. If you miss Wednesday night, you miss a great evening. We encourage you, if you will, to be here. This morning, I'd like to look at something that is, I think, very important. And if you will, if you don't have an outline there, I hope they do have extra ones that you can give out, that you can have an outline of a sermon. And what I titled this was Jockey Bed, a, a Mother with a Plan. Jockey Bed, a Mother with a Plan. With God's guidance and her endowed wisdom and ingenuity, Jochebed, the mother of Moses, devised a plan to save her son. It was her invincible and positive faith that gave her the strength, the wisdom, and courage to carry it out. God was preparing to bring Israel out of Egypt. God had a man, but God also had a mother to carry this out. And as we go through this sermon, and I hope you'll follow it with us, I want you to notice, and you can pick these out if you will. First of all, she conceived Moses. Second of all, she concealed Moses. Thirdly, she committed Moses, which was a tremendous act of faith. And then she was able to culture her son Moses. Uh, let me read some scripture, then I'll pray. Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And a man of the house of Levi went and took as a wife a daughter of Levi. So both of these were part of the Levitical uh, people. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was beautiful, now... Uh, something special. She saw something special in her son. One translation said a fine child and one translation said he was divinely favored. She hid him three months but when she could no longer hide him she took an ark of bulrushes for him dabbed it with asphalt and pitch and put the child in it. She made it waterproof. And laid it in the reeds by the river's bank, and his sister stood afar off to know what would be done to him. Notice verse 5. Then the daughter of Pharaoh came down to bathe at the river, and her maidens walked along the riverside. And when she saw the ark among the reeds, she sent her maid to get it. And when she opened it, she saw a child, and behold, the baby wept. So she had compassion on him and said, this is one of the Hebrews' children. And then his sister, Miriam, said to Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and call a nursing mom or a nurse for you, for the Hebrew woman, that she may nurse the child for you? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, go. So the maiden went and called the child's mother, now, I just read this scripture, and I was just amazed at the sovereignty of God and how God worked this out. Notice verse 9. Then Pharaoh's daughter said, take, said to her, Take this child away and nurse him for me, and I will give you wages. 
I found out that God will always give you more than you ask for. Not only is she going to raise Moses or be with him for seven years, she's going to get paid to do it. And I found out over the years how God will bless you. Uh, let me just stop right here and say, I remember we, back in 1991, we purchased this property and we developed the land and we built the first phase of Bethel Christian Center, the Fellowship Hall. And we met there for, from 1991 to 1995. And so we needed more space and we wanted to build a sanctuary. So we began a program, first of all, to float a $500,000 bond program. I want you to know we didn't have any money. Didn't have a lot of rich people. A $500,000 bond program. Uh, we needed $650,000 to build this uh, sanctuary. Try building it now for $650,000. We got to put two air conditions in. It's going to cost us anywhere from sixty dollars to $90,000 just for the two units. So, but we, we said we're going to float uh, this bond program. And it was one of the easiest things that we ever did. We pray, God, will you help us to raise this money? And the prayer room at this time was in this corner room here. And we'd spent a lot of time in that prayer room praying that God would help us to raise the money to build it. As I said, raising those bonds, uh, the money for the bonds was one of the easiest things we've ever done. I remember that several people, Mr. Beicher, which is the son-in-law or was, he's passed away, was the son-in-law of the foxes with Crowsdale. And I got to know him and he came to church and, and it, was, it was wonderful. Also, Mr. Cleggs, that runs Cleggs Business. Got to know him. And in fact, his secretary and husband started coming to this church and she became the prayer leader here at Bethel Christensen. So it was a great opportunity to meet so many people in the community. And just like that, we raised $500,000. Well, then we needed anywhere from $150,000 to $200,000 for uh, to finish the project. So we prayed. Oh, did we ever pray? And we started raising the money. And there was a, a lady that started coming to the church. She was from Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona. And you said, what was she doing here? Well, at that particular time at the corner of Coal Mill Road and, uh, and, and Rose of Sharon, uh, Duke had a Riasdite uh, building there where some of the most famous people in the world came. Elvis came here. Uh, you name them, just about many people came here to lose weight. Well, she came all the way from Phoenix, Arizona, there, and she started attending this church. Well, as we began to raise money, she walked up one morning, one, one day, rather, and she said, I want to pledge $30,000 on this uh, money that you're trying to raise. I said, wow. Her husband was an airline pilot, and I said, and she started attending the church and, and pledged hundred. Uh, pledged $30,000. Well, they happened to raise prize horses there in Phoenix, and she had a mare that was pregnant with a colt. And, and she said, this, this uh, horse will bring at least $30,000, and we'll sell the colt, and we'll give the church $30,000. I said, wow. So we prayed for that horse. We prayed for that colt. <laughs> oh, God. Well, the colt was born and lived one day. Our horse died. What are you going to do? You know, that's, that's quite a bit of money, back, especially back then, $30,000. Two years later, our fellowship held its convention in Chicago, Illinois at the O'Hare huh? Hilton. I'm sorry, the Hyatt. I wanted to get that right because it's interesting. So we held our convention at the Hyatt, at the O'Hare, and it, the convention just turned to be, out to be great. Two years later. And so Carol and I prayed over the offering to give that night as they received the offering, and we decided what we were going to give. And 
uh, at that time, we would go down the aisle and give our money and come back. And, and so we went down and planted that seed in an offering plate. As I came back up the aisle, someone slipped something in my hand. And when I got back to my chair, I opened it up, and it was a check for $30,000. God still provided that money. But that's not all the story. As Paul Harvey said, let me tell you the rest of the story. This lady, God called her to minister. This lady was a mistress for a man at that same hotel years before then. And they stayed in that hotel. She was ordained at that convention and God had saved her and just really set her free. And she was ordained and called to ministry. And she gave us 30. How many of you know God will always give you more than, uh, than, than, you, than you can ask for? He, he is a, you're serving, you and I are serving a big God. Amen? We are serving a big God. And so here we find that uh, Pharaoh's daughter said, listen, I want you to keep the, 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 the baby and I'll pay you to keep the child. So the woman took the child and nursed him and the child grew and she brought him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. So she called his name Moses saying, because I drew him out of the water. God was always drawing Moses. He drew him out of the water. He uh, drew him out of Egypt. And of course, Moses became one of the greatest prophets ever for Judaism, Christianity, Islam, Baha'i. I mean, he was one of the greatest prophets ever. But here, Jochebed had a plan. Notice your notes, if you will. First of all, notice Pharaoh's decree. You can find this in Exodus chapter 1. Most of us remember Joseph and how that he took the Israeli people, his father and all, and all them, the time of a famine, into Egypt. And, uh, but then this Pharaoh comes along years later and uh, did not know or respect Moses. And so he put them in slavery. And the reason he did is because they multiplied. They really, really began to grow that nation some people said thousands. I believe there were millions. There were so many of them until Pharaoh said, wait a minute, we've got to do something because if there is a war, they're going to join our enemy and overcome us. And so he challenged the Hebrew midwives that when the babies were born, if it was a son, if it was a boy, you'd take that boy and you would throw him in the Nile River. Now, this is his plan. Well, it didn't happen. The Hebrew women said, we're not going to do that. They respected God and they respected life. Don't you wish we'd live in that day in which we're living? Uh, Moses was born into a culture of death. It has been estimated that 63 million abortions have taken place since the Supreme Court's 1973 Roe versus Wade. Now, the Supreme Court may have or may overrule that Roe versus Wade. And I hope they do. I really hope they do. But the militant pro-choice activists had published the addresses of the Supreme Court justices that are expected to dismiss this Roe versus Wade. And they're going to be there protesting. And they're going to be at the churches today, the Catholic churches today, protesting. And I think you and I should spend just a few moments praying for these Supreme Court members. Our kids are born into a culture of death. 63 million lives snuffed out. And God might change that. It won't stop abortions. 
But I just want us to hold these men and women up in prayer and these churches. And I want us to pray at this time. Good morning, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to the mothers that are out here. We appreciate all that you do. Um, as Pastor mentioned, the 1973 ruling um, has resulted in an extreme amount of, of um, aborted fetuses, uh, over 63 million. And that um, has basically turned into about a million abortions every year between 1975 and 2012. So... Those are very sad statistics. Um, but just recently, the draft opinion that was written by Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito um, is trying to overturn that ruling. And I think it's a great time, uh, like Pastor said, to lift up not only the Supreme Court justices, but the churches that stand for this. Um, when Pastor asked me to pray yesterday, um, the first thing that came into my spirit was a passage from 1 Corinthians 118. Um, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. So while I sit here and think that I'm so grateful that I'm on this side of the fence, that I support pro-life, I just decided to Google Christian abortions. And the number was staggering. 70% of documented abortions, the women proclaimed that they were of the Christian faith. So not only do we need to lift up the Supreme Court justices and the churches, but we also need to lift up our women in prayer. So um, I just couldn't believe that when I saw that. But um, in that study that was done that proclaimed that number, they were, that was done in conjunction with an organization called CareNet, and CareNet provides pregnancy decision counseling and coaching from a Christian perspective, and they're still active today, and they're a very um, pro-life organization, so um, we lift CareNet up as well. But let us pray. Lord, as we lift this ruling up to you, uh, we know that you are still on the throne. We know that you are in charge. And whatever comes, Father, um, from this ruling, we just ask for that your will be done. Um, this is probably going to be handed down to the individual states. Um, abortion is not going to go away. Um, and now more than ever, we truly need to gather together as a church and pray um, for these women. Um, we as a society have become numb, desensitized, and oblivious to what's right and what's wrong anymore. We have more than two choices for gender. We have confused biblical definition of marriage. And we've gotten to the point where having an abortion and killing an unborn child is just an option of convenience and it's way too commonplace now. We know this is nothing more than the work of the enemy, the author of confusion and the thief who comes to kill, steal and destroy. But we know your word, Lord, we know your truth. It is in us and we ask you for the strength, opportunity and boldness to stand up and proclaim it now. When we as a society fail to see this horrendous act of abortion, the same as murder, just help us remove the scales from our eyes, O Lord. Second Timothy talks about the godlessness in the last days. And the first verse of that passage says, but understand this, in the last days, people will be lovers of self. And that's where this all stems from. There is no greater selfish act than to take the life of an unborn child. You knew us from the beginning, Lord. You knew us before we were even formed in the, in the womb. Psalm 139.13 says, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. Life is a miracle and a precious gift from you, O Lord. Help us honor that gift. Help us reach these expectant mothers. Whatever happens with this ruling, I pray that more abortion clinics will close than ever, and I hope there are less options out there. But these women need somebody. They need something to, they need, they need Jesus. 
But let us be the hands and the feet. Let us be there to witness to them. Let us show them that there are other options out there than aborting these fetuses. So, I lift up our nation to you, O Lord. Have mercy on our souls. Help us see that we're doing what we're doing and help us turn from our wicked ways. We as a nation must repent and turn to you. We thank you for this work that you've been doing in us, Lord. And we ask that you continue to do it and we are grateful for you. And I pray this in your son's holy, precious, and mighty name. In Jesus' name, amen. Wonderful. How many of you know the church should pray at this time concerning this evil? And we pray against the evil. We pray against what's happening. And we're believing God. To, there are some things turning around in this nation. And we praise God for that. As Moses was born into a culture of death, our children, our babies are being born into a culture of death. Notice second of all, Jochebed's clever design to preserve the life of her baby boy. Uh, you know, she didn't look on her, her situation because, because the king has said, these children, these babies, as soon as the boys, as soon as they're born, they're gonna be thrown into the Nile River. She didn't look on that as hopeless. She developed and started a plan. She believed that God would be able to overrule the circumstances. Her reverence for God was greater than her fear of man. Second of all, Jochebed's plan. First of all, I believe if we have love and prayer and faith and courage as we should, love will find a way. Can you see, man? Jochebed made a basket and coated it with tar and pitch. Exodus 2, 4 through 8. She placed the basket in the bulrush upstream. Uh, it, this took faith. This took, and I'll show you in just a moment. First of all, Miriam was on guard. The, this Nile River, the largest, longest river in the world, was full of danger. Not only crocodiles, but other things. She had Miriam to go to the royal princess where the child was found. First, and we've noticed also that Jochebed was a mother of faith. Inside into the heart of Jochebed may be gleaned from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 23. And I love this verse. Follow it with me, if you will. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents. I'm glad they use the word parents. The father of Moses was not an absentee father. He was in on the plan. He was in on what was going on. Uh, and so we, we find that because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. I believe that faith will help you and I, amen, override fear that the enemy would plant in our hearts. Uh, Moses, she had three children, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Miriam was 10 years older, I believe, uh, Aaron, than Moses. Aaron was uh, about three years older. Uh, and they got their training from their parents, as I said, not only from mom, but they got it from their dad. They taught them, made them to know <coughs> their heritage and their faith in God <coughs> and why they should believe. <coughs> she knew the risk. Even if her government <coughs> had a low view of life, she had a high view of life. Now notice, I'm so sorry. Notice the danger. First of all, at times... <coughs> The river was swift and very dangerous. There's a possibility of the drowning. There were snakes. There were crocodiles. And also there was a problem of Pharaoh finding out. Every 
day of your life, you send your children and grandchildren out into the swift current of our culture. And it takes faith in God to believe God is going to certainly keep them from the danger. She knew all the danger, but she had faith that she put that baby out in the water. Now notice the results of Jochebed's plan, which I believe it was not just her plan. I believe it was God's plan. She was able to see her son live. As I said, uh, the child was placed in her care. She kept the child for seven years and then <coughs> gave it to Pharaoh's daughter. Her son received the best education available. And number three, her influence remained strong throughout his life. And Moses, because of her faith, was able to save Israel, save God's people from their uh, slavery. Lessons learned. Follow me now. We noticed that the parents, first of all, were protective. I wonder how we are with our children. Are we protective? They saw the potential in this man, in his boy, uh, Moses, and they relied heavily on the providence of God. While the enemy is preparing evil for the church, that's what Pharaoh was doing. While the enemy is preparing evil for the family, your family, your children, your grandchildren, no matter what it is, the enemy would like to destroy them. But while the enemy is preparing this evil, God is preparing for good. Do you believe that? <laughs> Look at Jeremiah 29 and 11. Uh, notice what it says. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you. One translation says, I know the plans that I have for you. Just as sure as the enemy had a plan to destroy Moses. Just as sure as Jochebed had a plan to save Moses. God Almighty has a plan to protect you, your children, and your family. And read again. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not evil to give you a future and a hope. And one translation says, and well-being. Now let me ask you something this morning as we uh, have looked at this sermon. What kind of plans do you have for your family? What kind of mom, what kind of dad are you to your family? Let me tell you about two, two mothers that are uh, very interesting to me. Susanna Wesley was the daughter of Dr. Samuel Nestle and Mary White and the mother of John and Charles Wesley. Although she never preached a sermon, Susanna never published a book or founded a church, she is known as the mother of Methodism. Susanna and Samuel Wesley had 19 children. Nine of her children died as infants. Four of the children who died were twins. A maid accidentally smothered one child. At her death, only eight of her children were still alive. Susanna experienced many hardships throughout her life. Listen to the story of a wonderful mother that had a plan. Her husband left her and the children for over a year because of a minor dispute. To her husband, Susanna Wesley wrote, I am a woman, but I'm also the mistress of a large family. And though the superior charge of the souls contained in it lies upon you, she's writing to her husband. Yet in your long absence, I cannot but look upon every soul you leave under my charge as a talent committed to me under a trust. Susanna Wesley went on this right. I am not a man nor a minister, yet as a mother and a mistress, I felt I ought to do more than I had yet done. I resolved to begin with my own children in which I observed the following method. I take such a proportion of time as I can spare every night to discourse with each child apart. On Monday night, I talk with Molly. Tuesday, 
with Hetty, Wednesday with Nancy, Thursday with Jackie, and Friday with Patty, and Saturday I spent time with Charles. The children got a good education, daughters included. They all learned Latin and Greek and were well-tutored in the classical studies that were traditional in England at that time. The lack of diverse spiritual teaching caused Susanna to assemble her children Sunday afternoon for family services. <clears throat> they would sing a psalm, I love this, and then Susanna would read a sermon from either her husband's or father's sermon file, followed by another psalm. The local people began to ask if they could attend. At one point, there were over 200 people who would attend Susanna's Sunday afternoon service while the Sunday morning service dwindled to nearly nothing. She wrote extended commentaries, powerful mother, wonderful mother, on the Apostles' Creed, the Lord's Prayer, and the Ten Commandments. Alas, many of these were lost in the rectory fire, but many survived. Her house caught fire twice. This woman really stood the test. Let's listen to some of Susanna Wesley's quotes. Help me, Lord, to remember that religion is not to be confined to the church. Amen? Weak, but that's good. Nor exercise only in prayer and meditation, but that everywhere I am in thy presence. Another quote, there are two things to do about the gospel. Believe it and behave it. I will tell you what rule I observed when I was young and too much addicted to childish diversions never to spend more time in your recreation in one day than I spent in private religious devotions. Here's another quote. And I like this one. Listen. The child that never learns to obey his parents in the home will not obey God or man out of the home. Ending the story about Susanna Wesley, she struggled to find a secret place to get away from with him. Can you imagine? 19 kids? No wonder. So she advised her children. She advised her children that when they saw her with her apron over her head, that meant she was in prayer and could not be disturbed. She was devoted to her walk with Christ, praying for her children and knowledge in the word, no matter how hard life was. What a remarkable woman. Now I end by telling you the story of someone I did know. That was my mother. My mother was one of the most praying, hardest praying women I ever knew. I'd wake up during the night and I'd hear mother praying. Sometimes I'd go to sleep and I'd hear mother praying. She not only was determined to serve God and have her three children in church, but she was determined to go to church every time she possibly could. Back then, we had church, and we had church. We had church Sunday night, I mean Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night, every Sunday morning. And then many times we would, we'd have a lot of revivals, and the revivals would last one, two, three, four, five weeks. She was there every night. It was not easy, old mother, because there were times when she'd work very hard, pray hard, rush home. When I say rush home, she would literally sometimes run home to prepare a meal and to get her three children ready for church that night. She, uh, and there were times that she uh, would go out with those kids and the car would be fixed. We had an old 54 uh, Chevrolet. The car would be fixed where she couldn't drive it. And there were times that my mother, she was determined. She would take her kids by the hand and start walking to church at seven miles. She knew what it was to be faithful. She, she had a plan. 
and she wanted her children to serve God. My brother Junius, the oldest, he's with her today, and she's with him because she dared to trust God. She believed the Lord that God was going to take care of her children. She, as well as, as Moses' mother and many leaders, precious mother, was determined to serve God, not let anything stop her. There were times we'd get home and there would be a gun waiting for us, a shotgun. I will never forget one night that we got home. We never did get home before about 11 or 12 o'clock. I remember one night we got home and there was a gun facing us. And Mama and Judy was in the uh, bedroom and all the lights were turned on and the noise to keep us all awake so we couldn't go to sleep. And uh, Dad walked in that room with his gun. Judy stood up in that bed and pointed her finger and started speaking in tongues and rebuked it. We're alive today. Let me tell you, God will protect you if you'll trust him. Mom, I don't care where your son or daughter is. I don't care where your grandson or granddaughter is. If you will develop a plan and have the faith of jockey bed. Oh, the decree's gone out. Drugs, alcohol, no matter. God Almighty will bring them in. I believe that today. Carol and I <clears throat> determined to raise our kids the way that I believe the Bible wanted us to do it. Neil, when he got into junior high, I asked him, could I do this? When he got into junior high, Neil got on drugs. And <clears throat> the drugs too led to alcohol. And things went from bad to worse with him. Uh, I had to go over to Raleigh more than one time and get him out of jail. It was not easy. And at that time, he was, he was serving the devil. He was not living for the Lord. But something major happened to Neil. And do I, am I glad it happened to him? Am I glad he had an aneurysm, that he had three strokes? Not really. But it changed his life. He walks our house praying and speaking in tongues often. He has aphasia and a lot of times you can't understand him. God understands every word when he speaks in tongues. God knows all about it. He prays, he seeks God. I was sick, the, it's been about a year ago. I was so sick, he came over, laid his hands on me and prayed for me. God healed me. Let me tell you, your son may be on drugs, your daughter may be wayward, your grandchildren may be wayward, but God Almighty, if you put them into his hand, if you trust him and have a plan, you say, what kind of plan, Brother Don, can I have? Have a plan according to God's word. Know his word. Keep him in church. Mama would not let anything stop her from going to church, even if she had to walk seven miles to the church. God knows how to take care of the family. You concerned about your family? Jockey bed was. But she laid that, that boy out before the Lord with all the danger that was there. And every day, and I'm redundant now, but every day you send your children out in the danger. A culture that is against everything, as Chris said, as you, that you stand for. But if you'll pray God's protection, God will put a hedge around your children. I remember that Mama prayed as, as the musicians began to come and play. I remember that Mama prayed for my brother so often with Junius when he, he used to drive the school bus and he, he got into sin. He, he was a good, hard working man, but alcohol began to destroy his life. And there were times, listen to me, there were times he, listen to me, he was close to death. He had accident after accident. 
He would be drunk, lay along the side of the road, and people would have to come and pick him up and take him somewhere. God always protected him. You see what protected him? Mama had been dead for years. But I'll tell you, those prayers never die. I would encourage every mother to pray and believe God for your children. Have a plan for those children. Some talked to me this morning about graduating. They've already got a plan for their life. Always include serving the Lord. Always include church. You say, church is boring. Church is boring. No, it's not. I hope you have a decision to make this morning, and you do. I hope you've decided to follow Jesus Christ. Stand with me as we sing it. I have decided. I'm my wrong song. My fault. Jesus, look full in His wonderful faith, and the things of earth grow strangely dim in the light. Of his glory. Lift your voices, sing it again. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Of his glory. I'm going to ask you to do something this morning that I believe is a, a great challenge for us all, but it's important. And that is have an altar prayer. I love the altar. I know some of you are hurting this morning. I, I've seen the tears. I know some of you need prayer. And whatever your need is today, I want you to come around this altar. But lay everything on the altar. By faith, like, like, uh, like Jockey bit, have faith to put it right here because God's going to take care of it. Will you step out in the aisle? Come stand with us around the altar as we sing the song again. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full. And come on, let's all, let's come and pray. Let's take our cares to the Lord. Lift your voice, sing it out, turn your eyes. so often we can't see your sovereign hand in our family in our home in our lives but Lord just as you were working to bring the children of Israel out of bondage using the love and compassion and strength and faith of a mother how that you had a plan dear God to lead all of these people 
And Lord Moses, the great prophet that he was, wrote the first five books of the Bible. God, what a man of God. What a leader. What a prophet. And yet it stemmed from the faith of this mother. Lord, I want to pray for every mom, for every dad in this place today. Lord, I've seen the tears, and you're able, dear God, to give comfort. Lord, you said the plans that you have for us is to give us a future and to give us a hope. And God, I thank you for that hope. I thank you, dear God, that you've blessed us with our hope when it seems like things are hopeless. And we pray, God, for each mom and dad. We pray for the children. I want you to speak your child and grandchild and children's name right now before the Lord. In your heart. Maybe on your lips. Maybe they're wayward. Maybe they're not serving God. Maybe you have a great burden for right now in Jesus' name. Lord, we lay that son on the altar. We lay that daughter on the altar. And we thank you because your protective hand. Lord, we know the plans that you have for our children. You have good, you have peace. You have a good future for them. No matter how the enemy will come against them, you can change their lives. In Jesus' name, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look And the things of earth will grow strangely in the light of his glory and grace. I want to pray for those that may have a special need today. If you're here this morning and you have a special need, he wants to believe the Lord for you. And I, I tell you, we have some prayer warriors in this place today, and they can pray the prayer of faith and believe God. But if you have a special need, just lift your hand and let us believe the Lord. Come on, if you have a physical need, spiritual need, are you raising your hand, darling? Or just pray, you are. Okay, we want to pray here. Anyone else? Okay. So I did pray for joy. Anyone else? Everybody gets needs met? I want to pray for those that uh, have lost their mothers, and boy, do we miss them. I miss my mom, and I know all of you that's lost your mom misses them dearly. Some of you have moms that's not doing well physically. We're going to hold them up before the Lord. So as, as we pray, let's believe the Lord. Father, I'm so thankful because you hear us when we pray. I'm so thankful because you know the need before we even pray. But you said ask. And you can do more. God, we serve a God. You're our God that can intervene for us. Lay your hands on these that have a special need. We pray against sickness. We pray, God, against the enemy. We pray, God, that you might touch these lives. Bless every person that they're hurting today because of a loss of a wonderful loved one. Give them peace. Give them comfort. Give them assurance in the precious and holy name of Jesus. Sing it again. Turn your eyes. Sing it out. I would like to get a couple of guys to come. Bryce, is it okay if we pray for you today?
I want you to have faith. This young man needs prayer. He's hurting. He's hurting bad. And we're going to sing that song again. And would you come and, and just lay your hands on him? Love him, hug him. He, just, he, he needs some loving. That's what he needs today. And let's believe the Lord. One more time. Turn your eyes upon I appreciate all of you today. I mentioned earlier as I was, as I was preaching, God always gives us uh, more than uh, we can ask for. Uh, one way I know that's true is because he gave me one absolutely wonderful, beautiful wife. My wife and the mother of our two children and the mother of our seven grandchildren and she is a special, special woman, special woman of God. And I appreciate her so very much. Do all of you feel that way about your wife? God gave you a good, oh my, did he ever. Praise God. Let her know it today. Amen. Let her know it today. Father, we love you. We thank you for your bountiful blessings. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us peace. Thank you, Lord, that you've given us hope. And we love you because that you have a plan for our life. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Our feelings are up one day and down the next. But, Lord, you help us with a plan for our lives and our family. You have a plan for this nation. And we believe in your God. And we, we work towards that plan. We pray toward that plan. Bless every home, every mom, in Jesus' name. And everybody says? Amen.